Blog Talk Radio. Wealthy Sisters is on the air. Wealthy Sisters, the show that features six- and seven-figure-earning women of color. Tune in Mondays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time as entrepreneur, author, speaker, Deborah Hartnett showcases the triumphant journey of these powerful sisters. You'll be inspired, encouraged, and informed every Monday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Our call-in number is 347-838-9278 or listen live 24 hours a day at www.wealthysisters.com. Now, our host, Deborah Hardnett. Well, hello and welcome to Wealthy Sisters, sponsored by the professional black woman. You can visit us at www.thepbw.com. Wealthy Sisters is where we celebrate the lives of six- and seven-figure earning women of color, and our purpose is twofold. We love to first inspire you and encourage you, the listener, and second, we must edify, promote, and acknowledge and say thank you to our sisters for doing big things. I'm Deborah Hartnett, your host, broadcasting live on the Worldwide Blog Talk Network, and today is another fabulous Monday. It's June 6, 2011, and I hope you are as excited about your future as I am because, trust me, no matter what it looks like right now, it is extremely bright. You know, we are here every week at the same time. That's Mondays, 12 noon Eastern, so go and spread the word. Tell them about the good news. This I want to share with you is my favorite quote at this time in my life. Listen to this. You have to write this down. Everywhere I I look, I'm going to post this. I'm putting it in every piece of material. It's whatever you think you can do or believe you can do, begin it. Action has magic, grace, and power in it. Let me say it again. Whatever, whatever you think you can do or believe you can do, begin it. Action has magic, grace, and power in it. That's by Van Gogh. And I'm telling you, in other words, he said, just do it. He was saying that before Nike. So when I tell you personally, that is the truth. I've seen that I'm living that on a daily basis of when you see something, you have it, you believe you can do it, just act on it. And speaking on acting on it, we are so excited about the PBW Maximizing You Tour. We are on your way next week. It starts off in Atlanta, and when I tell you it started out, just an idea, just a vision, just, hey, just what what if. It was just three cities we were going to, and now it has grown to more than 35 cities and just a record time. So we are coming your way between June and October, go to the PBW.com right now. Get registered. We've got a lot of giveaways that we're coming to your cities for. Uh, it's complimentary admission. Some of those cities are Dallas. We uh, left Baltimore, D.C., Cleveland, Dallas. Uh, we're going to be in Sacramento, Vegas, L.A., just to name a few. So definitely you want to get on there right away uh, to get registered. You must you must, you must be registered to be able to enter. So that's the pbw.com. Click on the flyer. You'll see it right there once you uh, log on the home page. So we look forward to seeing everybody there. It's, it's, it's great. I'm just excited about it. And 
you know, and when we talk about what we do, that's what the, the, the tour is all about. We're going to share more about the professional black woman. And one of the things you know we do every week here on the radio show through our annual conference, the Winter Summit Conference and Expo, we always provide practical information, practical knowledge, things that you can take right now and apply to your business. And so you know, with that being said, today's show is no different. We have to today a topic that I know is one of the most popular topics out there. How do I write my business plan? Do I need to write a business plan? I don't want to write a business plan. I feel like I'm in school. It's too much work. All those things that we think about when it comes to the business plan. Well, today our special guest is an expert. As a matter of fact, she is known as the business plan lady. So you know what I need you to do right now. I need you to call everyone, text them, tweet them, tell them to dial 347-838-9278. That's 347-838-9278. Or they can listen live at www.wealthysistas.com and listen live to the show right there. Also, remember, you can always mark us uh, as your uh, favorite there. Follow us when you log on. Um, You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Follow us so that you can stay in the know. But let me share who this phenomenal guest is. Ms. Sherry Darden, as I said, is known as the business plan lady, and she has more than 18 years of experience as a business owner. She's an author, a national speaker, a national trainer and coach, and she has personally consulted, trained, and assisted thousands in starting and sustaining and growing, keyword, their business venture. She has appeared on numerous radios and television programs, speaking on entrepreneurship nationwide. She is an award-winning business owner. She's received so many accolades, has the highest certifications and master business development specialist in January of this year. So I'm telling you, I am not going to hold her much longer from from you. What we want to do is take a short break. We're going to take a quick commercial, and when we come back, we're going to hear from none other than the business plan lady herself, Miss Sherry Darden. So stay tuned. This segment is sponsored by WillDrake.com. That's www.WillDraike.com. The hot new suspense novel, Bad and Worse, A Tale of Men, published by Permal Coast Publishing. Sometimes the only way to stop a killer is to love him. Available in stores November 2009. Business leaders, are you ready to soar? Success is not defined by your wings, but by your courage to leap from the cliff's edge and fly. With Fortune 500 expertise, the Beatty Group partners with creative and motivated leaders, weaving structure and innovation for maximum business success. Visit us at thebeattygroup.com. That's T-H-E-B-A-T-I-E group.com. Or call the Beatty Group at 877-264-7699. Yes, we are live back on Wealthy Sisters. I want to invite everyone to check out our new website. You go to WealthySisters.com. It brings you to our new site. We're so excited about it. Uh, for Wealthy Sisters Media Group, you can learn more about our publishing company, our new book that's just been released, Wealthy Sisters, powerful personal stories that prove that you can do it too. And then also we have our radio show and 
and uh, TV network that will be coming soon. So definitely go by and check us out there. But want to welcome everybody to our show today. This, like I said, is going to be one of our best shows. So we're not going to keep our special guests from you any longer. I want to say hello to Miss Sherry Dart and welcome the business plan lady. Hi, Deborah. Thank you very much. I'm really, really excited to be with the like-minded wealthy sisters this morning on a great, fabulous, hot Monday morning here as we have in Dallas. In Dallas. I know everything is done big and well in Dallas and in Texas there, right? In- <laughs> so you're in- including the heat. <laughs> <laughs> It's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> no, it is not. No, it is not. No, it is not. So dress accordingly when you come down next month. Yes, yes, definitely. We have to. We have to. Well, we are as excited to have you on the show. I mean, we've gotten a lot of feedback all on Facebook and Twitter, a lot of response. People have been retweeting that you're going to be on the show. Like we said, this is a hot topic. It's a hot topic, the business plan. But before we get into that, why don't you just give us a little bit about where you grew up and all that went into the recipe of what we see today? Well, okay, I will give you, and I'm probably dating myself, I don't know that they call them anymore, Cliff Notes. When I was in college and high school, we had what was called Cliff Notes. Yes. <laughs> the, abbrevi- yes. the abbreviated version of it. I am originally from the Midwest. I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri, mm. and uh, came from a family of educators. Both my parents were educators. They both taught um, on the high school level. My dad actually taught at Southern University uh, for a stint, and the majority of their career, both of their careers, was in high school. And it was really interesting to me because I grew up looking at both sides, being a student and looking at my parents be uh, teachers. And, you know, as you get older, you learn how to say never say never. And I said, oh, I'm never going to teach. Oh, God, you couldn't pay me enough to teach. Oh, I don't want to deal with anybody's children. And here I am an educator today. Now, I I do have to say in small print disclaimer that I'm teaching on the adult level. I mean, teaching is teaching. And I figured out, you know, I said, this is my ministry. This is my ministry. Um, I got commissioned by a city college in Chicago to write three classes, three online classes, and that was back in the days. This was back in 1999 that we had University of Phoenix a little bit, but it, yes. you know, the whole online thing was, was something that we were trying, and it was just the old antiquated way of emailing text and emailing quizzes and getting the answers back. And I remember, uh, we all remember the, the AOL days, like, welcome, you yes. got mail. And so it was <laughs> back in those old dial-up days, and I remember my first student uh, completed my first class. It was accounting for non-accountants, and I got an email saying thank you. You know, this has this has really uh, empowered me. This is I realized that accounting is not that difficult. I got a raise and I got a promotion. Mm. And I remember uh, logging off, getting back on, logging off, and I probably did it about eight times, Deborah. And it really was not about vanity. It was mm-hmm. that aha moment. What Oprah calls that aha moment that I called my mom and I said, I got it. I got it. I now know why you do what you do. I so enjoy changing the faces of either my clients or my participants in a workshop that they get it, that they yeah. really, really get it. And it's something that, you know, once you once you get something, no one can take it away from you. That's right. You know, that's right. you have the power to use it. Now, whether you do anything with it or not, 
you know, it's kind of like God gives us blessings. You know, we, we get that, you know, people will say, you know, somebody told me something in the back, of, you know, something told me, or, you know, there was something in my head. Well, it's God telling you, here's a blessing. Here's how I'm going to bless you. Here's how I'm going to empower you. Now, whether you take it or not is up to you. Right, right. And, you know, if you don't right. take it, then he's going to give it to somebody else because it's really not about you. And so that's what I learned about, you know, teaching. It's like, God, I really don't want to teach, don't want to stand up and talk in front of people. I mean, you know, the, the many years that I'm doing it, I still get stage fright. I still get stage fright. You know, I and I still say that I don't get stage fright, you know, something's wrong. You know, I really don't. I, then I don't care about what I do. But that's how right. I got started, um, got my degree in accounting, uh, youngest of four, uh, wanted to be a culinary chef. And my mother said absolutely positively not. I have a sister who's who's uh, who did um, computer science, and I have a sister who was an assistant district attorney. So my mother said, no, you either be a doctor, lawyer, accountant, something that will always make you money. I said, okay, thanks, fine. So I did the accounting. So really what I do is I've, I've taken that knack for numbers, and I've been mm-hmm. doing tax returns since my sophomore year in high school. Start mm-hmm. off with H&R Block, which is in Kansas City, uh, Missouri. That's their world headquarters. So what I've done is I've taken the numbers and the business applications of things and put it in such a way that people get it. You know, because usually when you say taxes, you say numbers, you say budgeting, you say business plan, people get that look on their face. It's like an allergic reaction. You know, they get an itch. (laughs) Yes. They get an itch. Yes. And it it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. So, yeah, I I started off in – 2002 with a women's business center that was located in Fort Worth, Texas. And they hired me to do some small business counseling and coaching and to do a business plan class. And a lot of people could not remember my name. They would see me in the building. It was an incubator building. And they couldn't remember my name, and they would just point to me like, oh, yeah, you're the business plan lady because I would teach the class. And when they would write the business plan, they'd bring it to me, and I'd mark it up. <laughs> you know, oh, that's who you are. So, you know, it really just kind of, it kind of stuck. It kind of stuck. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, that's, that's how I became the business plan lady. So anybody that needs a business plan, hey, you know, come talk to Sherry, which I'm, I'm glad to because it really is, and I'm glad, I'm so glad you have me on the call today because it's, it's necessary, and it's not anything you should dread. Now, let me tell you, I was in business four years before mm-hmm. I started to do a business plan. Within four mm-hmm. years, four years, and I didn't always mm-hmm. practice what I preached, and mm-hmm. it was such a revelation. I wasted so much time, Deborah. I wasted so much money because I thought wow. a business plan is only for people who need financing, and I didn't need it. Wow. You know, I really had wow. everything that I needed. I had the knowledge. I had a computer. I had the Internet. You know, I had money to go ahead Low and do overhead. Right, right, right. I'm just going to wing it. I'm going to wing it as I go. Uh-huh, I'll just pick uh-huh. it up as I go. And I uh-huh. now have what I call my box of shame. And uh-huh. these are all the mistakes that I did. Mass mailings out that came back wrong. You know, I didn't uh-huh. check, check, you know, valid, you know, addresses. I've got business cards where, you know, I just wanted to get something done and it was bad. You know, right. and I got more business cards and it was bad. You know, it was just right. all of those things. So anytime I get a wild hair and think I'm going to start a new venture, I kind of go back to that box of shame and say, okay, let's let's write a plan. You know, it doesn't have to be wow. a six month, doesn't have to be an MBA dissertation, but it has to be some type of plan. It has to wow. be some type of plan. You know, I go to the Potter's house, and remember my uh, pastor, Bishop, would always say, you know, a dream is just a dream without a plan. Right, right. 
You know, so right. you have to have you have to have that roadmap. So that's kind of how I got started with my coaching and counseling, and I started to do the business coaching because when I started off with my business full time in 1999, mm-hmm. they were not kind to small business owners. You know, mm-hmm. banks wanted you to have a you know fifteen thousand dollar minimum. They wanted to charge you you know out of the out of the wazoo for things. And I said, you know what? If I ever get up and going, I want to be this kind of small business coach I never had. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Quality mm-hmm. stuff at an affordable price and in digestible bites. So that's kind of the whole uh, catalyst, if you will, as to bring me where I am today. Well, I like that phrase there, affordable stuff at digestive bites. I, I love that digestive bites piece because going back to the business plan and you said you don't really have to have a, uh, a whole MBA dissertation or anything, but give us some of the main components and why it is so important for us to write that business plan. You've kind of alluded to it with your box of shame there, but give okay. some key points, <laughs> which we okay. all, myself included, can relate to (laughs) well your your business plan can be for one of two reasons it's going to be for one of two reasons it's either going to be an internal action plan or it's going to be for a third party i.e banker or funder to Mm -hmm. see your vision because you know there Mm -hmm. there's great scripture that says write the vision and make it plain so Mm -hmm. that those that read it may run with it well you know I, i always have the joke of if i came to you deborah and i said can i have 50 bucks you know, okay. other than you saying no, I don't even know who you are. You know, probably the first question you would ask if you were going to entertain it is, what do you want it for? Okay. And so that's kind of what that business plan says. I need okay. X amount of dollars, whether you need it for an outside lender or your own money, because that's the mistake that I made. You know, okay. it's, it's, I kind of okay. use the analogy of, you know, if you're going to be watching a two hour movie and you've got a box of cookies or you've got a gallon of Haagen-Dazs ice cream, you kind of need to pace yourself because if you want to eat that ice cream during the whole two-hour movie, you kind of need to pace yourself to say, okay, how many bites do I need to have per minute so that I can enjoy it consistently throughout that two-hour movie? And so that's Mm -hmm. kind of what you're looking at with your business plan. How much money do I need? And I always say a a normal business plan these days is a three-year vision. And one okay. Of the why do, why do you my, say that? Why do you say three well, years? Is it, it the used reason? to be it used to be five years. And that was back. I'm going to say that was probably back pre September 11th, mm-hmm. where we could kind of gauge things. I mean, at this point in time, do we know what five years from now is going to be like? No, we don't. Okay. And bankers, right. and it's really kind of a guessing game a little bit. And okay. even three-year vision is a guessing game. But five years, I mean, unless you've got an existing business where it's got a lot of history. Five years okay. out is, is again. It's really a guessing game. So th- three years is, is is still a good good amount of time. And, and so, so are you business, saying that because of the technology and how things are changing, things are so rapidly changing? Is that one of the yes. reasons I'm just, we base that on? Okay, so Absolutely. how far out we can really see? Okay, I got you. Okay. Absolutely. And and I've got clients who have done five year plans, and I'm like, okay, that's great. But let's concentrate on the first three years because that those are going to be the years that you can kind of do a little bit of control over. And let me mm-hmm. say a business plan is, is a dynamic plan. It's going to be okay. forever changing. So once, you, once you've completed it, yeah, it's mm-hmm. going to be changing. You'll have six months mm-hmm. of history. You'll be able to go back mm-hmm. to that plan and say, well, okay, I was a little far off on this one. Or you know what? I underestimated myself. I thought I could only mm-hmm. do 10000 a month. You know what? I can do fifteen. Then you need to go back and revise it accordingly. You know, mm-hmm. you have to go with those, with those growing pains. So 
But going back again, it's going to be for two reasons. One, again, is internal. How, how do I see myself? And, again, that three-year vision. Here's one of the things that I do in my, my workshops and I do on my one-on-one coaching is I have an exercise, and this is what I'm going to invite all of the listeners to do, is I want you to introduce yourself to you three years in the future. Mm. Introduce yourself to you three years in the future. And that's how I start my business plan workshops off. I put it out, I'll put a PowerPoint presentation, and I introduce myself. I tell you where I live. I tell you the names of the businesses that I own. I tell you what they're going to be doing. Mm -hmm. I tell you where I live. I tell you, you know, all of the things, because I always say it's easy to back into things, because Mm -hmm. if you know where you want to be in three years, then we're talking about those digestible bites, Deborah. then you Mm -hmm. can have those digestible bites and say, okay, if this is where I want to be three years out, then where do I want to be two years out? Where do I want to be 12 months out? Where do I want to be six months out? And so it's not so overwhelming. Right. And then you can work your way back, it seems like. You can kind of, if you know Absolutely. what you have to do, how, what do uh, what, know, know what you want, what do I have to do to get there? Uh-huh. Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. begin with the end in mind. You know, that's one of the mm-hmm. seven high habits. You know, begin mm-hmm. with the end in mind. Where do I want to be? And then you look at your timeline and you can back into it you know, to let you figure out whether you're overly aggressive or not aggressive enough or is this doable because, you know, our personal, our business life kind of intermingles. So, again, that whole introduction, when I introduce myself, I talk about my personal life, where I live. Mm-hmm. I talk about the houses. I talk about the businesses. I talk about everything because it's all-encompassing, especially as, as we are one-woman shows. You know, we are mm-hmm. one-woman show, you know, business and personal. Am I working out mm-hmm. of my home? Okay, if I'm working mm-hmm. out of my home, what does my home office look like? Does mm-hmm. it need to be one mm-hmm. bedroom? Does it need to be two bedrooms? So that's the kind of thing that you want to look at. That's the internal. Now, the external, when you're looking for funding, again, you've got to let that banker, you've got to let that financer know, here's the type of money that I need, and here's what I'm going to do with it. Okay. How much am I going to be spending on equipment? How much money am I going to be spending on marketing? How much am I going to be spending on research? And here's what the banker is going to be looking at. There's a couple of things that a, fund, a lender is going to look at. He's going to look at what are you going to use your money for, and then what you're going to use your money for, what part of that can they use as collateral? Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the big word these days in, in doing a business mm-hmm. plan with finances is what can they use as collateral? Well, if I'm going to borrow $150,000 and 100 of it is maybe either real estate or equipment, they can use that as collateral so there's less money that I have to tie up to collateralize that business venture. But if I need 100... No, go ahead. sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, so, like, they're asking that question, what can they use as collaterals? That's like if something happens and you default on the loan, then you're saying in that case, or are you saying uh, what will a person put up up front uh, as collateral? Because are you saying the value is there? um, Both. Both. Okay, okay, okay. Absolutely mm-hmm. both. So, again, going back to I'm going to borrow 150, I want to borrow $150,000. So mm-hmm. if 100 of it can be used as collateral, then I only mm-hmm. need to come up with $50,000 of collateral because in today's times, everything is collateralized. Okay, okay. Everything with is collateralized. With the of credit. So, okay, okay. Yes, and so okay. going back to what you're saying is, yes, if I go into default of that loan, can they take that piece of equipment back? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sell it and liquidate it to satisfy part of that debt. Uh-huh. 
Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes, ma'am. So okay. again, you know, okay. what are you what are you going to do with that money? Um, also, too, with the business plan, if you're talking about where are you going to spend your money, are you borrowing enough? Are you using enough? And is it used in the right places? Because let me say, one of the biggest things that we make as mistakes we make as business owners, whether it's a woman or large or small company, when times are hard, the first thing we cut back in is on marketing. Right. And it's the last thing you should because, again, you, more than ever, you've got more competition out there, and you need to let everybody know, hey, I'm available. Hey, hey, it's me over here. <laughs> Come right, by from me. Right. Here's what I have to offer. Yes, yes, right. ma'am. Yes. Right. And so the important parts of the business plan is going to be, let me just say, uh, first and foremost, is the very first section of that business plan, which is called the executive summary, Deborah. Okay. And that executive okay. summary is exactly what it means. Executive means high level. Summary means it's a summary. It's your 30-second commercial. Mm-hmm. It's your 30-second commercial. So it's going to let people know, basically, kind of like that 30-second commercial, who am I, mm-hmm. what am I offering, mm-hmm. what's unique about me, so why should I choose your business over someone else, here's mm-hmm. the money that's needed, mm-hmm. and here's what I'm going to do with it. Okay. Okay. And so that's what outside parties are going to read first. That's what bankers are going to read and figure out whether they're going to they're going to go any further with that business plan or not. Okay. 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 All right. Good. Good. So now, once once someone has this um, in mind, what they're going to do, are there? First of all, do you write business plans, or you primarily coach people on how to write their own? Do you provide that service? I do both. I do both, okay. but let me tell you where I'm I'm different than a lot of people that will write business plans. Okay. You will write that business plan with me because this is your venture. Right. I mean, yes, right. I've got templates I can plug and play and all that good stuff, but if it's right. not what your vision is, you've just wasted your time and you've just wasted your money. Right. And then so you're not going to be really happy with need it. to go ahead and do it. They need to have it. They may not can put it in the proper format is if, you know, they're going to for lending outside finance and maybe they need to have it in a, a particular format for that. But you're saying that they really need to write all of the content because it's their vision, it's their idea, and it's going to force them to have a clearer picture of their business and be more involved in understanding how their business is going to grow and operate. Absolutely, at least the nuts and bolts. And, you know, and I have a form that when I do business plans for my clients, it's a, it's an interview, you know, and we sit down and we have at least an hour conversation with each other at the very beginning. And mm-hmm. then I'll continue mm-hmm. to come back as I'm creating that going, okay, you know, based upon what you're saying, this is how I'm putting this together. Is this correct? Is it not correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and the numbers, is, you know, when you get – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. You said the numbers what? The The numbers, the numbers, the numbers have to match what your words are saying. I always say Mm -hmm. with the financial forecast, you have to put your money where your mouth is. So if you tell me you want to make a million dollars in sales every month, then it's going to cost. You know, you want to have a website up, how much does that cost? You want to have two people full-time going out selling for you, what's that going to cost? So, again, even with the written content, it's still a meeting of the minds because, again, when I have that finished product for you, I want it to be a workable plan, not just something that you plop down in front of a lender. Okay. 
Well, tell us, like, when you, you started out without your business plan, you said for four years, you noticed <laughs> yes. your your box of shame, which, I mean, yes. I'm telling you, I can relate to that. <laughs> I really can. Oh, um, yeah. You have all of that. And because you, it's easy when you're doing business out of your home, you know, I'm kind of backtracking here, but that's how okay. most people right now treat their businesses like it's a hobby because, oh, you're operating maybe out of your home and you don't take it as seriously, but it is. It should be run like a Fortune 500 company. And um, so you you have to know all of these things when you're starting out in your business. But when you look at the difference from you not having your business plan and you having your business plan, what is, can you give us an example of how you saw the difference in your business, the growth in your profit margin? Um. What I saw, or if you can give an example of some clients, maybe that you've worked with, just to bring it home a little bit more for our, our listeners. Here's what it helped me do: is mm-hmm. um, I have a girlfriend who's also a a trainer and a coach, and mm-hmm. we have we have a terminology that we call a ooh shiny moment. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by mm-hmm. ooh shiny is you know you get distracted by ooh shiny. And mm-hmm. ooh shiny could be I read this article or I went to this networking event and they say, Oh Sherry, this is something you should be adding in your business or you mm-hmm. know, buy this and it's gonna make your business double. And mm-hmm. what my business plan allowed me to do is not be so distracted. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something that I go to. So, you know, the um uh, car battery dies and I get distracted because I'm flustered now because I missed the meeting, so on and so forth. What it does is it helps me put my blinders back on and say, mm-hmm. okay, Sherry, you said this is the vision that you had for your business. Get back on track. Mm-hmm. What it also mm-hmm. helped me do is it helped me think about my what if. What mm-hmm. if this doesn't work? If this target market that I say I'm going after doesn't work, then you know what? I can go back and refer to my business plan and say, okay, this is this was step A, this is now step B. Let me go to it. Because a lot of times what we do is, again, that whole winging it, okay, if this doesn't work, then let me go back and retreat, let me rethink this. Well, you know what? While you're retreating and rethinking this, Rome mm-hmm. is burning, and you've lost mm-hmm. your momentum, and you've lost opportunities. So what it has done for me is my downtime, on the actions that I want to do for my business has mm-hmm. has probably shrunk it by ninety percent. Okay. Because okay. again, as I get distracted, you know, it, it helps me. Okay, you know what? I forgot about this. I forgot that this was I was going to go and approach this association. Again, it's kind of that action plan. It's kind of like military tactics. You know, you don't mm-hmm. see them go out and deploy, and they go out with one tactic and it doesn't work, and then they raise the right the white flag and go, "Can we have a timeout?" You know, this really isn't working. Can we come back in about six months and we'll figure something else out, how we can beat you, and then come back? No. If plan A doesn't work, plan B works, plan C works, so on and so forth. So you think about the Obama administration on the tactics that they had to get bin Laden. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, This doesn't mm -hmm. work. We're going to do this. It's not, okay, you know what, we're in the middle of Afghanistan. You know what, this isn't going to work. Let's go back and retreat. No. If this doesn't work, we need to do this. We need to do that. So it's it's really – it's really made my goals more obtainable, and I've been able to keep my timetable and accountability a lot better. Um, I see a lot of my clients uh, be able to go above and beyond what they thought. You know, because mm-hmm. once you, it goes from your brain, Deborah, 
down to writing and you actually see it, two totally different things. Right. And right. it becomes so much more clear to them. Um, it also helps them create, start creating uh, organization, you know, because when it comes tax time, got to have those financial statements, got to have those, those receipts, so on and so forth. So it helps accountability going back to, okay, you, you want to do this, but let's go back to your original business plan. Is this part of the real vision? Is this going to get you closer, or is it going to get you further away from where you want to be three years from now? Right, and I have to go back right. and look at that. Mm-hmm. Right. So what do you help? How do you help those clients? Because you came from the accounting background and numbers, you know, that's, that's it's, it's a part of who you are. What about the clients who are more on the creative side? Who I always get it confused: the left brain, right brain. <laughs> is it yeah. the left brain? You know, <laughs> and the right brain. Uh, it's more analytical. Uh, forgive me if I have it wrong there. But I what about those? I can't remember either. <laughs> so you said you. How? What do you tell them? How do you help them write the plan? Because they are creative. Does I mean? Does the plan have to be in a certain verbiage, or does it have to be a certain amount of pages or today are they just strictly looking for content um, in in this business plan well again it's going to go back to are you writing it for you mm-hmm. or are you writing it for the lender if you're writing it okay. for the lender if you're writing it strictly for the lender uh, mm-hmm. what I always say and it's just a good practice even whether you're doing it for yourself I always say write your business plan in third person okay that the okay. business the business is its own person, not mm-hmm. I am going to offer. It's the business, XYZ company. name of my company is 100-fold returning because I, I heard you say talk to us about two-fold. Right. I love 100-fold. Right. <laughs> yes. Love that 100-fold return. Yes. So when I wrote my business plan, it's 100-fold return, Inc. will offer, not Sherry's going to offer. It's right. not we, not they, my husband, my friend. It's the third part. It's always in its third person. So you begin to kind of remove yourself from it. And again, look at that. Look at that business to give it life. To, to give yes, the life ma'am. that it is. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So you were asking about length. The average business plan. Now I have seen business plans. The average business plan is going to probably be anywhere between ten and twelve pages. Mm-hmm. And it's not that okay. long. If you really get to get to talking about what your business is doing, talk about the offerings, who's managing the, the, the business, so on and so forth, it's really not that difficult to do to 10 to 12. Um, my One of my clients, <clears throat> the largest business plan I've done was 357 pages. Wow. Well, and that was because, yeah, that was because he was inventing something. And so right. we actually had to commission a college to do some testing. So there were a lot okay. of testing, and, and he was looking for, uh, I think we ended up with probably about three and a quarter million dollars, $3.75 million. So with that being said, yeah, there was a lot. And a lot of that was, you know, findings and studies and that kind of thing. So 10 to 12 pages is, is good. Mm-hmm. 10 to 12 pages, okay. now that doesn't include your financial projections. And, again, right. that three-year vision, that's the reason why I say three years, because a bank is going to be looking for three years' projections, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, three okay. years out. What are, your, what are your sales going to be? And as you think about your plan, think about the ebbs and the flows in your business. Every business has seasonalities. And Microsoft okay. Word says that's not a word, but it is. <laughs> we have seasons. <laughs> 
We have okay. good, we have busy seasons and we have slow seasons. You know, for me, training December's a slow month. You know, because everybody, right. you know, kind of checking out for the holidays. Well, that's a busy right. season for a retail business. So when you think about that and you're thinking about your vision, do you make enough money? You know, do you store up enough nuts? You know, in third quarter, so that you know when it's slow in December, you're okay. Or do you switch gears? Right, right, right. That's a great point. I'm so glad you brought that up because a lot of times we get in business, and especially if we have a good start and we get a mm-hmm. check or we we feel that um, that false sense of security. Wow, this is it's coming in like yes. this. Can't wait. <laughs> oh, stop it! Yeah. <laughs> and then you go six months. Hello, you can hear the crickets. Where's everybody? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So it's important to to let everybody know that you know there are seasons uh, in the business that that we will see that. So great, we we want to be able if you're open to um, taking some questions. We like to yeah. open our lines up. They are packed out. Our chat rooms got questions. When everybody dial three four seven eight three eight nine two seven eight. Press one so that we know that you have a question for the business plan lady. Um, do have one quick question I'll ask, and uh, we'll go to our break here and then come back to the lines. But one from our chat room um, wanted to know how often should you update your plan? And I think you kind of alluded to that, but um, if you could sh- just share a little bit more on that. Okay, that there is no right or wrong answer. I have people, mm-hmm. and I always say sometimes don't be so busy about the business. You know, in uh-huh. the business you should be out promoting the business. I would right. say every six months, every six okay. months, because that what that's going to do is, again, go back and say, am I on track? Am I not on track? Now, it doesn't mean that you have to redo it. It's just go back and review it. You know, now you've got some history, you know, and at least once a year. I, I Six months is, is my preference. At least once a year because now you've got some history. What did my business look like in December? What were the obstacles that I had? You know, now's the time to, you know, kind of, I say, shift sand, you know, or right. I have to say your pie. You know, you've got right. a pie. And you got your your business offerings. Okay, do I need to to recut my pieces? Do I right, need to reshift right. my efforts, if you will? But yeah, I'd say every six months is good. Right. No less and than another one. one. Okay, that's that's wonderful. Thank you for answering that. And then we have another guest that wants to know. Um, this is from Jay Will, I believe. Here is is it or how important is it to have someone else? Uh, business plan, professional, et cetera, look at your business plan before you start or once it's completed or along the way? How oh, important uh, is that? It's, it is important because just like when you're trying to write a letter or you're trying to write mm-hmm. a book, a lot of times we tend to skip over things because we know what we mean. Mm-hmm. And so we, we miss having things. So having that outside party read it, and, uh-huh. and listen to what questions they have. You may know it uh-huh. in your head, but, again, playing lender, if I've got questions for you, that means there's something missing in that plan. Right, so right, I, I right. Think it's important, I, I think it's important to have it, have it reviewed at least when you're at least 50% done. Um, okay. It's okay to have it when, it's, when you think it's completely done. Here's, here's my experience that I've had. People will say, I don't want to give it to you until it's completely done. They do that, and then I have all these questions going, well, maybe this is in the wrong place, or have you thought about adding this? And they get Mm -hmm. deflated thinking, well, she hates my plan. My plan sucks. No, that's not (laughs) it. 
It's just first of all, we got to take the personal feelings out. You got to tell yes, us to do that up front, right? You. Take that away. Thank you. Yeah, it's not about me. And I always tell people right. it's, it's not about me. Sherry is right. playing banker here with you. You know, my experience right. of working with my banker friends and that kind of thing, I'm playing banker here with you on that. So I would right. say um, at least when you're maybe 50% done, um, by all means, by 100% done. But I always say let somebody see it before your mind says it's finished. Okay, so okay. Well, that's, that's good. That's good. Well, we are going to take a short break, come back, and uh, our phone lines are lighting up. Like we said, we've got more <laughs> questions we good. want to be able to take for the business plan, ladies. So stay tuned. You are listening to Wealthy Sisters. Thank you for tuning in today. We look forward to hearing you in a moment. Hello, sunshine. This is Stacey N.C. Grant, Empowerment Specialist and Event Strategist. I'm a proud sponsor of the Professional Black Woman Maximizing You Tour, coming to New York City on Wednesday, June 15th, under the visionary leadership of Ms. Deborah Hardnett and the wonderful event host, Ms. Michelle Newton. The Professional Black Woman provides you with mentors, partners, resources, and the skills needed to increase your bottom line. This is an event you don't want to miss with complimentary admission. Register today. And you can connect with me at www.stacyncgrant.com. S-T-A-C-I-E-N-C-G-R-A-N-T. Dot com And I look forward to seeing you on Wednesday, June 15th at the Professional Black Woman Maximizing You Tour in New York City. Would you like to reach quality professionals? Expose your product and services to thousands on a monthly basis? Advertise with the Wealthy Sisters Media Group. Our packages include both on-air and website banner placements. Call our offices today at 1-800-917-9435, extension 803, or visit our website at www.wealthysisters.com to begin building your brand today. Hi there, this is Bill Lee. I'm a voice talent, and I want to work for you. Just email me at bill at billlee.net. For God so loved the world. We've probably all heard the start to this verse, but what does it really mean in our daily lives? At FedEx, we understand you want a partner who can help you go global. That's why FedEx delivers next business day by 10.30 a.m. from more major international cities than any other express carrier. FedEx, another day, another dollar saved. We are live and back on Wealthy Sisters with the business plan lady today on our show. We're very excited to have her. You can visit her at 100phones.com. Also, she shares great tips. If you got any questions, dial 347-838-9278. Press 1 so that we know that you have a question. You can also join us in the chat room as well. And if you've just called into the show and missed the first half, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to it. You can get us there on iTunes as well. So we're going to open up the lines here. Hello. Welcome to Wealthy Sisters. Please state your name and where you're calling from. Hi, my name is Kenesha Thompson. I'm calling from Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, wonderful. Hello. Welcome. Say hello to the business plan lady. Hi, Miss Darden. <laughs> Hi, how are you? How are you? Good, thank you. <laughs> Ah, I'm actually going to be in Paducah, Kentucky next week, so I'll, I'll say hi from Kentucky from you. Okay, make sure you take plenty of bug spray. <laughs> but I, I do have a question about some of the advice that you've given. 
Um, I am starting a nonprofit, and I am working on my business plan, and to write for an investor or to write for a bank, maybe I'm jaded on how little money it takes to start or how much money it takes to start a um a a nonprofit, but do you have any advice for writing for nonprofits? Okay, I'm going to ask you a real quick question here. Go ahead. Why mm-hmm. are you starting a nonprofit organization? Um, because it will be more of a service-based thing than anything. I can give you the basis of it. Uh, when kids are adopted out or age out of the foster care system, they're given all of their belongings in a trash bag, and my organization will give them gently used luggage. So really I just need, I'm thinking just storage, and I've, I've pulled a few churches and synagogues and uh, fire stations in to be storehouses, but I'm wondering, like, am I missing something? <laughs> okay. The, the reason why I'm asking you is why you're doing a nonprofit, and I have absolutely positively nothing against nonprofit. Here's okay. what I want to dispel anybody that's listening. The only difference, the only difference, between, well, not only the main difference between a nonprofit organization and a for-profit organization is what you do with the profit. You still have to make a profit. Now, when you have a nonprofit organization, you yourself individually do not own that business. No one owns a nonprofit organization. So anytime you actually go out and get donations and grants, your books are open to the public. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can go out today, if I give one cent to the United Way, I have access to their books because, again, mm-hmm. it's a nonprofit organization. When you go, actually, also, too, when you go out and get, quote, unquote, grants, they dictate to you what you can do with that money. And I'm going to go back to and use Oprah as a, as an, a great example. Oprah has the Angel Network. Mm-hmm. What Oprah did, she said, you know what, I know what I want to do with that money, and it's still for the good. It's still for the good. But you know what? Because I want to have control over where that money goes and how it's used, mm-hmm. it's my own personal organization. So, again, I'm mm-hmm. not trying to discourage you from having a nonprofit organization. Let me uh-huh. say if it's a nonprofit organization, traditional lending is not applicable. Oh, okay. Banks do not lend to nonprofit because, again, no one owns it. Right. Ah, so if you okay. don't own it, you can't you can't you can't sign on a loan that you don't own. Does that make sense? It does. So you can still do the wonderful work that God has called you to do, but you can still have a small for profit business. Mhm. Okay. Because so we should be offering service anyway in our business. That's what our business Correct. is about, is service. We should be filling a need and serving, and your Correct. profit is going to come from serving people. I'm so glad you brought that up because that's the first thing uh, we hear is nonprofit, and we automatically think that. So I always encourage people to figure out what is the best way to start your business, should you even do that. I love that, having that control. It, it's key. It's key. It's it's a key point there. Thank you for asking your question, Kanisha. Thank you. See you when we Thank come you. to Louisville next month. Get registered. Absolutely. We'll be there. <laughs> Thank All right, you. we'll take another caller here, uh, 571 area code. Hello, state your name and where you're calling from, please. Hi, uh, this is Coretta Johnson Gray. I'm calling from Arlington, Virginia, and I uh, just love the work that you do, and thanks for having the business plan lady on. Um, I got a question Coretta. for you. 
I have a, a friend who contacted me via, via Facebook. I um I work full-time as an active duty Air Force attorney, but I have an event planning business that I do and also do Stella and Dot Jewelry in conjunction with that. And he's been mm-hmm. seeing the postings that I've been doing on Facebook about, you know, the different weddings or the different parties that I've done. And he contacted me directly to say, hey, I'm interested in investing in businesses like yours. You seem to be doing well. You know, I would like to invest in your business. Well, this was the first that I ever thought about anybody investing in my business because, you know, the business is basically me. And mm-hmm. uh, so I'm kind of um, at a loss. I don't have a business plan right now, but I was thinking, okay, well, maybe he wants to see a business plan, so maybe I should get that together. But he put it out there that he really just wanted to see black businesses grow and just sort of give you the money and let you do what you do because you know what you do. And so I guess mm-hmm. I wanted to get your take on this is not a bank. This is someone who contacted me. It's a friend from college. But um, how should I approach this offer, I guess? Well, give it my you, number. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I will. I will. You're doing it magnificently. I can say he can give to the United Negro Sherry Fund. You know, okay. <laughs> so a terrible thing to waste. <laughs> what what, what oh, yeah. you to say, Hudson, say, where you at? Where you at? Where, where you at, boy? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But this, this, is a, this is a great question, Coretta. And here's what I'm going to say to you. Always treat someone as if you don't know them. Mm-hmm. And even more so when you have personal history with someone. Because when you have personal history with someone, there's, there's, whether you know it or not, there's going to be a little sense of entitlement. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to treat it. You still need a business plan. Now, he may say to you right at this point in time, I just want to give you some money and let you run with it. He's going to want something in return. And that's where the business planning, you have an agreement with him. So if he's willing to invest $50,000 in your business, what does that equate as far as ownership is concerned? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to give 10%? And here's, here's what I'm going to – ladies, uh, this is my favorite, 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 and it should be on abc.com to see some of the old programs. One of my all-time favorite programs comes on Friday, and it's called The Shark Tank. Oh, I, I was just The kidding. Shark oh, Tank. And I here's the reason it. why. That yeah. executive summary that I'm telling you about, if you notice, they only yeah. have a few minutes to tell you what they're doing. They're telling yeah. you what they're seeking, how much money they're seeking. And here's what yeah. they don't, a lot of them don't understand is they're saying, well, I'm seeking $50,000 for, or I'm seeking a half million dollars for mm-hmm. 10% equity. Well, what you're saying mm-hmm. to that, that person is, my business is worth $50 million. Well, okay, mm-hmm. have you had any sales? So you want to give them that business plan saying, here's what we've done, here's how we started, here's where we are now, and again, here's where I'm going to be in three years. Here's, here's the kind of clientele I'm going to go after. Uh, Here's how we're going to market it. Here's what my pricing is going to be. Here's how many events I plan on doing per month, per year, so on and so forth. But also, too, again, what are you willing to give up? Are you willing to give up a certain percentage? Because he's going to say, well, for $50,000, I want 10% equity. Okay, now you've just bought a partner for life unless that agreement says you're going to give him 10% equity up until the time you're going to repay him that $50,000 investment plus whatever he's looking for. If you notice what the Shark Tank is getting really big on is royalties because that's yeah. basically saying I'm just going to sit back and I just want a certain percentage Collect of whatever he felt. You yeah. know, and, but for how, but, and for how long because, I mean, mm-hmm. it's great to say that at the beginning, you know, but you always want to make sure that if your business – now let me also too say, and for the other listeners, 
You cannot offer percentage ownership in your business unless your business is incorporated. Mm-hmm. If you're a sole proprietorship, you can't give part of yourself away. Sole proprietorship mm-hmm. means you've just gone and registered a business name, so you and your business are one and the same. So you can't give a part of you. So it has to either be a partnership, it has to be an LLC, or C or S Corp, and that's a whole different all-day workshop to talk about the pros and cons of that. But those are the things that you want to do. Yes, you want to have a business plan. You want to have some past financials, and then you want to come up with an agreement of the based upon the money that he's willing to invest, how much are you willing to give up in your business? And do you want to just for a short time, or do you want to be in business with him forever? Mm-hmm. And so you have to look at that, and that's why some of those people on the Shark Tank have walked away and said, no, I don't want you forever. I just yeah, need you, yeah. you know, for, for a short period of time. There is no right or wrong, again, because this is right. your business, but you want to be very, very clear before you take any any dollars from, from an investor. Right, right. Thank you so much, Coretta, for You're calling so in. All right. Thank you so well, much, ladies. Too. Appreciate it. Okay, we'll be in D.C. on the 14th right there in Alexandra next week, so hope to see you there. You All will right. see you there. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. Now, uh, we have another question in the chat room that kind of goes back to your question when you talked about the nonprofit and uh-huh. um, when you said no one owns that nonprofit. And um, Angela wants to know, she said, does anyone own a corporation? I thought that any corporation, profit or nonprofit, no one person owns it, but you also get a tax break as a nonprofit organization. So can you clarify that for us? Okay, as a for-profit business, a C-Corp, S-Corp, LLC, limited partnership, limited liability, all of those, yes, a person can own that business. I mm-hmm. own my own businesses. My 100-fold return, Inc., is a C-Corp, and I own 100% of it. So mm-hmm. I own all of it. Now, as a nonprofit, you have board members. You have, yeah. you have board of directors. And so, again, yeah. the board of directors govern that nonprofit organization. But, again, mm-hmm. you personally don't own it. So if that nonprofit were to dissolve, you have mm-hmm. to figure out where those assets, where the, where the cash, where the equipment, everything is going, has to be given or sold to another nonprofit organization. So, you know, again, um, you, if you look at United Way, go, you know, go to United Way, go to Goodwill, go to any of those organizations, and it's not going to tell you that it's owned by anybody. Mm-hmm. It will tell you that they have board of directors. As far as control of where the money goes, again, you can't, as, as a nonprofit, you can't have a $50,000 uh, profit at the end of the year and go, woohoo, okay, everybody's getting a bonus. No, that mm-hmm. money has to be recycled back into the business. You still have to have a business plan like you would for a, a, a for-profit business. What are you going to do with that money? Um, I will tell you, working uh, a lot with nonprofit organizations and, and ladies that uh, uh, do grant applications and that kind of thing, a lot of them will stipulate this money cannot go toward benefits. So you see a mm-hmm. lot of nonprofit organizations can't offer benefits because they don't have the money to do with it. So, again, when you request that grant money, it's very, very specific about what you can do with it. And they have the right, right to come back and audit you. So if you go out and get a grant for $50,000 and it's for equipment and you decide to hire two people and they come back and say, well, let me see your financials from last year, where's the equipment? Well, mm-hmm. I decided to hire somebody because I needed it. 
okay, you know what, that money was donated for a specific reason, I'd like to have it back. Mhm, mhm. I always Again, suggest too when someone starts a business not to to really think first about doing the nonprofit because if you're trying to have a business that you're going to be living off of that money, you know that like you said for that reason right there, you mm-hmm. can't just make those decisions like you can in a for-profit right. because eventually right. you want your business to turn profit so that you can be able to go full-time. So that's a great question, great question. Thank you so much for answer asking that question, Angela. Uh we hope that she was able to answer it for you. We've got like 4 minutes left in the show. We're trying okay. to take one more call. Uh, area okay. code eight six two, eight six two. Welcome to Wealthy Sisters. Please state your name and where you're calling from. Hello. 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 Not hearing us. All right, we'll go to five one two area code. Hello. Please state your name and where you're calling from. Uh, this is Jeanette Hill. I'm calling from Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. Yeah, recognize All the area right. code. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she's in Dallas. She ought to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yes. I, ask your I question have, real uh, quick. Okay. I'll, I'll do that. I, I think I probably prematurely set up a five hundred one c three as a nonprofit. I do. I'm a playwright, but uh-huh. I also uh, have a company that's nonprofit where I use local people to produce my plays and you know put them in a real theater and give them that experience. And we also have a teen series where we do the same thing, let them write their own stories, believe beyond boundaries. But to keep things separate, I've also started really recently a Jeanette Hill business where my where I'm focusing on my plays and selling my plays outright. And I I did that because IRS was asking questions. They wanted me to do send my rights to the nonprofit and I no we're not doing that. But uh I, and now in writing the business plan I'm I guess I'm getting muddled and trying to do the business plan for the nonprofit, but also do the business plan for me as a for-profit. And do I need to okay. connect the two at any point? Okay. Um, two minutes left. <laughs> okay. As far as connecting, if, they, if they're two different business ventures, you probably should, and if they're going to be two different business entities, you probably should do two different business plans. In the business plan, you'll talk about how they can interact together. Um, just kind of a, a brief analogy here. You t- you've got American Airlines. American Airlines has AMR holding. They've got American Airlines. They've got uh, American Eagle, and they at one point in time had what was called Sabre, which was the software. They were three different business entities, even though they intermingled. They've got their own financial statements, and they talk about how they use each other, like code sharing and that type of thing. But if they're going to be separate babies, even though they've got the same mother and father, they're still going to be their own children, and they should have their own business plan. They should have their own business plan. That's yes. wonderful. Yes. How can we get in contact with you? Are you on Facebook? And give us your websites. I, I am on Facebook. If you guys will come out and, and friend me, I am going to be a lot better now that tax season's over with and I'm not traveling as much. Uh, I do have a Facebook business Facebook page, and it's The Business Plan Lady. If you okay. want to contact me, you can go to thebusinessplanlady.com. If you want to email me, you can email me some of your questions at sherry at thebusinessplanlady.com. If you will email me at sherry at thebusinessplanlady.com, there are probably some of you out there that are still thinking about, I'm going to start a business, but I'm not quite sure what kind of business that you want to start. If you will email me, and again, that's sherry at thebusinessplanlady.com, and in the subject matter, put 
business profile. I will actually send you a two-page profile. It's just a quick little test that talks about what you like, what your comfort zones are, to maybe put you in the right direction of what kind of business you should have. Maybe it's a franchise. Franchises are All great right. people who like structure. Fantastic. Because you know, if you need Fantastic. structure and assistance, go ahead and email that to me, and I will send that out to you. If you go to my website, right. I've got some coaching packages that I put a sale on okay. for the Wealthy Sisters. We got it again the right the there. Thank you okay. so much, Ms. Sherry, for coming on the show today. Please reach out to her, send her information, get her email, and she spells Sherry, S-H-E-R-R-Y. Thank you for tuning in. want to thank you, our producer, Ms. Renelle, who does an awesome job. Tune in next awesome week lady. for our anniversary show, our anniversary show, our very special guest. We're so excited, economist Dr. Julianne Melvo. Continue to have a wonderful day, and we will see you next week. Thanks so much. This has been another episode of Wealthy Sisters, brought to you by the professional black woman, turning your concepts into cash. Join Deborah Hardnett, our host next week, as she interviews another powerful, progressive, and positive sister, and visit us on the web at www.wealthysisters.com. That's www.wealthysistas.com.